Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another week in uh, Last Week in Parenting. Um, I'm Justin McClure. And I am Ami McClure. And uh, I don't know, I, I really have a pet peeve or rhetorical questions because you can't answer them. So like when I'm like, what's going on? Why do, why do I even say that? Nobody can respond to that. They can. <laughs> you guys can respond if you choose. You can email us at the last week in parenting at gmail.com last week in parenting sorry at gmail.com you can email us and let us know what's going on or if i say it'd be funny if i'm like if i say hey what's going on and somebody in their car right now pauses and they answer the question like oh okay well i had a good day and a good weekend and i'm thank you for asking justin i appreciate that so maybe it's not rhetorical maybe people are asking uh, maybe people are answering the tough questions of what's going on and you answer but um yeah Anyhow, as you can see, guys, we just uh, think off the top of our heads and say whatever comes to our mind, <laughs> but we're glad to uh, give you another episode. Um, today is October 21st, October 21st, 2019. everybody. 2019. 2019. Just to give some context. Yeah, so October 21st, and what this means for me, Justin, is that seven years ago today was my first day of sobriety. I know that was a very serious statement you just made, but mm-hmm. you said me, Justin, like they were going to confuse oh. our voices. <laughs> me, Justin, Justin McClure, <laughs> me, Mr. McClure, the guy, I'm the guy. Um, so yeah, seven years ago today, October 21st, 2012, was my first day of sobriety in a new life. And I can just say bluntly and briefly that my life is much better but we're gonna walk through um my second birthday i call it my second birthday that's what i really call it because obviously your your birthday is when you were born into this world if you have a life-altering change such as um sobriety you know when you when you refuse to or you do not partake in alcohol drugs cigarettes any anything that really was wrecking your life you know addiction can be anything a lot of different things for me it was alcohol and drugs mostly and that led to many other things which led me to you know waste money and which led to some uh, stints with the law um, getting arrested um, so a lot of stuff I walked through some of that I've gone through the story quite a bit so I'm not gonna tell the whole story but we'll, we'll talk about it in, in a conversation but today I'm very happy I'm very grateful that I have seven years of sobriety when at one time in my life I, you know, drank every day and I drank all my money away and I had a good job, but I could not even hold down a place to live because I was just wasting all my money on alcohol and being reckless and irresponsible. And that was not a guy that Ami knew. Sure was not. You know what quick bit of advice I just took from that? What? I was waiting. That wasn't a rhetorical question. What (laughs) advice did you get? Um, Guys, if you want to not be poor, like, don't waste your money on alcohol. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah. Because some people, I realized that alcohol is expensive. Like, that just kind of made me like, wow. I mean, I don't know necessarily, but in hearing other people and things, like, they go to a bar and their tab is like $150. I'm like... Did you feed everybody at the bar? Did you give everybody drinks? And it's like just them. Yeah. And maybe I could talk to people out there, you know, directly. This could, you know, some of you guys might understand. I'm going to walk through a little bit about why I drank and 
what my addiction was all about because Ami, you know, just made a good point in that for me, you know, I at the time in 2012, 2011, you know, 2010, I had a good job. I had a six-figure income. So I was making good money. Good money was coming in. It was a, a renewable resource. It was, you know, get it every two weeks. I was wasting all of it. And as she said, even back then, I haven't, you know, had a drink in seven years, but back then any drink was $10. And for me, I was a guy that would, they would call double fist, meaning that when I would walk in, I wanted two drinks in my hand because I have a sense of, um, uh, I wouldn't say awkwardness with people, but I'm very, I'm way more, um, uh, I'm may, way more, I guess, quiet and solitary than people think. I'm, I'm very reclusive and I'm telling, not telling you what I think about I am. I'm telling you what I am. I am these things. So being around people in a group, alcohol would make, would numb me, would make me feel no, quote unquote normal, normal being, okay, I can socialize, I can walk around. If I walk in without any alcohol, then I, I, I get very nervous. I get very apprehensive. I get very uh, sensitive. I, 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 I'm out of my element. But when I would put alcohol and or drugs into my system, I could feel really good really quickly. So when I walked into a place, I could spend a hundred dollars within an hour easily. That's insanity. Yeah. I spent a lot of money on alcohol. And for me, at the end, um, it was all whiskey. It was all, you know, it was all hard liquor. It was all, you know, Jameson on the rocks and and straight vodka. You know, that's what I was drinking. And I was drinking a lot of it. Like I said, I would have, within an hour, normally I'd have six drinks. Like, so (laughs) six drinks. And I would feel good after six drinks. I would be normal. I'd be walking around and like, oh man, like this guy is so funny. He's just talking to everyone. And I was obviously, you know, six drinks in. Within the second hour, I usually had about another four. So I'd have 10 total and then I was drunk. And then it was just like, and then for me, demons would overcome me as far as like the reality of my life would just really get me down with I would tell myself again, like, here you are again, Justin, you're, you've wasted so much money and you're drunk. And, and, but the buildup of the first hour would just feel so good that you couldn't stop. And maybe some of you, if your addiction is food or, or alcohol or even um, sex or shopping, it, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So, so for me, um, you know, that's what it was. So I spent a, a ton of money. And I would love, I would love if anybody relates to this or, you know, even just appreciates the honesty, like, you know, definitely email in lastweekinparenting at gmail.com, yes. lastweekinparenting at gmail.com. Because for me, my forthcoming, my being forthright about this and being completely honest is, is only to help other people. This, this does nothing for me. Um, I, I get nothing out of uh, recounting what I've already lived. Um, I'm very grateful for my health now, but for me to share this openly, it's really only to have another set of ears out there that can listen to it and say, man, that guy is talking to me because at one point I needed that. You know, some of you know, if you don't know, you can find it on the internet or uh, other podcasts. But I saw a movie in 2012, October 20th, 2012, which changed my life. Um, in that movie, I saw myself and I saw a pathetic person. I saw a person that um, I was full of shame and I just said, that's ridiculous the way you're living. Basically, this in this movie, this guy was a professional basketball player. He wasted his life through drugs and alcohol. And I was at the point I was wasting my life at that moment. So I had complete, um, 
I had complete relatability to this person. And um, for the first time in my life, I got you know completely accountable for me. Because at this point, I'd already had a couple driving under the influence. I'd been to jail. I'd been arrested. I'd spent a lot of money on attorneys. And I'd been to rehab twice. So um, I, I don't know why it took me so long to, to realize this. But I guess I was trying to just, for the longest time, say, it's just my energy. I'm just like a, a, a crazy person. Like, I got to drink because my energy is crazy. No, no, you, that's not it. It's, you have a problem. I had a problem. So, um... That's quite a lot to digest. I haven't let Ami talk that much. I want to just, what are your thoughts? I mean, I could only devour and speak on, you know, what you're telling me because it's so far removed from anything that I can relate to for myself. I can say that I have been around people who had uh, drinking problems. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics of what. Well, you could, you could but, talk about your ex. Right. I don't really want to talk about him per se, but I do want to talk about the effect that it has on people around you, I guess. Um, because I was in living in that situation. And honestly, I guess that's kind of why I was like uh, going back to us meeting, like willing to even talk to you, Justin. Because I'm like, oh, he doesn't drink at all. Great. Not, not even like thinking about the reason you don't. I was like, oh, great. He doesn't. Like, just you don't drink at all. Like, I was so like, I don't want anybody who drinks at all, even a little bit. Like, I was just so scarred from that situation that I didn't want to deal with anybody who even leisurely drank. It just wouldn't have worked for me. Not because I do or don't drink, but just because that entire traumatic situation was like, I want to stay away from that at all. Because to me, you drink it all, you, you, you're you one step away from just getting drunk and doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get drunk every night, getting drunk once was too much for me. Um, so like I said, coming from, coming from that situation and living in that situation, it's so, well, I guess for you, you were living by, not with anybody who was traumatized by you, but. Nope. I mean, I, I was really good at masking, you know, the people I was hanging out with, that was a lot of fun. So I, I told Ami last night, you know, uh, on the eve of my, my second birthday is that nobody around me was really stopped drinking because I was so much fun and most of you know my solitude was spent drinking and nobody knew about that but when I was out it was like man this guy's so much fun um you know quietly you know what you're doing to yourself and and you know the problems that you have but I was the type of person that was just you know a lot of fun I mean at the time I was I was a complete womanizer so for me to well I, I wasn't a womanizer as much as I was so um lonely and afraid of being alone that I had to have company and I was choosing the company of of women you know random women if a woman you know garnered any feelings for me then I would feel bad for her because I didn't want anybody to fall for me and I'd find somebody else so I was in this perpetual um, cycle of just dating different women but it was all based on drinking if someone did not drink I would not go out with them because I just I, I did not know how to just you know not drink I wanted to get a girl at a bar and just drink and drink and drink all night long and just really it was really more about that than anything else like I just wanted to be at a bar and drinking and I wanted to have company and um, but as Ami said nothing good ever comes from it one way one one piece of advice I can give people is that when I got sober, I really wrote down the pros and cons of, of drinking versus, you know, living a sober life. And it's, it should be obvious to most people. But when you write things down, you really can um, kind of digest that more into your your brain. And you can really logically look at something and really make a better choice. But for me, I thought, you know what, 
drinking drugs, wasting this money. I can in my life, I can lose a house from drinking or drugs. I can lose uh, a wife or a girlfriend. I can lose a car. I can lose a job. You will never gain one of those things. If you can really sit on that statement and say, if I do these things, I could lose almost, I could lose everything. I will never gain one of those things from doing that activity. So then why do it? If you really know, and that is the truth, then you would have to be insane to go forward and keep doing that activity. And for the longest time, I wasn't insane, but I wasn't strong enough to really ask myself that question and really listen to the answer. But when I knew the answer was that I could lose everything and I never gain anything, then I said, well, why, why do this? You're, you're not a young man. You're not 21 years old. But you know, by this time, I was, I was in my 30s. And so it's like, what am I doing with my life at that point? And so I had to take accountability. I had to own myself. And that was one of the ways uh, that I did it. Um, but yeah, when Ami met me, as you guys know, once again, we've covered this, but we always have new listeners. But when I, I met Ami, you know, she already had Ava and Alexis. Um, I did not want to be a father or a husband at the time. I was sober, but I was so... Um, I was so far removed from being in a stable relationship, I didn't know what it was like. I didn't see myself capable of being a good father or a good husband. I just thought, okay, I'm sober. I can have, I can be around people. I can be very decent. And I had a lot of integrity, but I didn't think I was capable of, of you know, love in that regards. And, you know, thank goodness, one of the gifts of sobriety for me is that I was able to, you know, put my guard down and allow Ami into my life and the girls into my life. And it was really a quick process of like, you know, falling in love with her family at the time, her and the girls. And, you know, I, I had, these, had these girls adopted you know, really, really quick. And it was a great, it was a great thing. It was a great thing. But when I met Ami, I did not drink. And um, now I think about how great it is because it's not common that you have another partner who's kind of has that type of a life choice that is so important. I know people that are in sobriety and, you know, their their spouse drinks or whatever. And and for me, um, I just know for who I am. I, I don't think I would be in a relationship with someone who would do that around me. Um, and so luckily, I mean, I've never, you know, had that confrontation or whatever because she's never drank. She's yeah, just, I just don't. I, I don't drink. I don't enjoy it. Never have. Turned 21 in my whole in my <laughs> dorm room, like didn't go out and party. I just I don't I don't know. I just don't get it. I never, never got it. So it's just never been, it's been a non-issue as far as I'm concerned. Weirdly enough, <laughs> people I know have have been uh, over drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people I know, which I've obviously removed from my life. Um, it's so, so strange to be in that situation. You're like, I don't drink, yet I dealt with that situation. But um, yeah, so it's just not a conflict in the house. I think people probably wonder like, Oh, Justin doesn't drink, so does that mean like Ami mm. sneaks and drinks or she doesn't drink yeah. around him? I was like, no, I just I don't do it. I just don't enjoy it. You've never been interested. And um, for me, I never really thought about it until we got serious, but I was really, you know, very appreciative of that. And also, if it came down to it uh, early on, if I had to choose between Ami and my sobriety, I would have chosen my sobriety. There's, and, and I think everyone can respect that. Um, in life, you have to make the choices that you're going to live the most optimal and the best life possible. I would never have gotten into a relationship with Ami or anyone. And because when I got sober, it was intransigent. 
there was nothing in my way because once I had like a little bit of sobriety, six months, I said, this has got to be the number one thing in my life. If I am presented with obstacles, I need to figure out a way to remove them from my life. And this is, I think, what separates um, myself from other people that I know who have struggles, who have succumbed to um, relapse. And I'm not saying I would never will, like you can never, you can never say that. So one, one day at a time. What I will say is that I've recognized in people a lack of discipline. And for me, I do not have a lack of discipline. When I said I'm going to get sober, it was there was nothing else that's going to prevent this. Nothing. And so a lot of people reach out to me and they have these obstacles and they, and they and, and I feel bad because it puts them back into a relapse situation. And I just, you know, at some point your will has to be so strong that you have to say, by any means necessary, am I not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. For instance, like I can give some advice. Like early on when I was in sobriety, and I lived in New York City. I lived in Manhattan. So I lived in a place where everyone was drinking and I was around it. But people would ask me all the time, like if it was birthday parties, and I was I was rather social then in a way because I still had friends, and they would invite me to, uh, you know, bars, and I would just really always stand up for myself. I remember several instances, and I would say, okay, I'm going to test the friendship of this person, because if they if they want me to come to their birthday party at a bar and I refuse, are they going to think I'm a bad friend, or? Are they going to respect my choice? So I would, I would tell them, I would say, hey, listen, I don't go in bars because I don't belong in them. But I really want to help you celebrate your birthday. How about we meet on Thursday and let's go walk across the Brooklyn Bridge and, and have a conversation, maybe grab some coffee. And 10 times out of 10, these people always said yes because they were, they were good people who supported me. I'll, so if you're out there and you're going through addiction, you have to just stand up for yourself. And once you do and you stand up higher than anyone, they will recognize that. They, they will. Do not be weak. Because if you're weak in anything, then you will succumb to your own addiction and you will put your place, you will put yourself in a place that you do not need to be. And the next thing you know, you're regretting that. And then, you know, you might drink or you might do something else. That worked for me. But it was also, I was prepared for these people that said, you know what, I really don't want to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. That sounds boring. I was very comfortable with dismissing that friendship because that tells me that you're not my true friend you're not a friend of of my new life Um, you're not a friend of um, change so that is okay not every friend needs to be in your life forever some are ephemeral some are here temporarily some friends we have for a week and they and they change our lives some friends we have forever sometimes you have friends just for social situations for me I had a bad social habit of drinking until I had no money, until I went to jail sometimes. So anyone who would not support a change in my life, then they were no longer my friend. And I was okay with that. And so that was a big thing that I did early on in, in, in my sobriety. Sounds like good decisions. Yeah. Sounds like good decisions. So, I mean, I don't have... Um advice for people chasing sobriety but I will say that something to to think about are those around you especially if you're you know married you have children you know that type of situation is such a damaging uh thing for for those who love you those who want to see you do better or be better you know not even just for them but for yourself like that is that is a sure tough situation and You know, um, as I said, I I chose to get out of a situation knowing that the person was nowhere near and never going to be different. Um, 
but still very traumatizing. Still something that, like I said, may, affected my decisions going forward as far mm. as dating and being with Justin now is like the fact that he doesn't drink um, because I can't, I, I would never be able to stand it again. Yep. And that makes me uh, think of something. I've been, you know, quietly over the past several years, I've reached out to people that, um, I don't know if I told Ami this, but I'll tell her this now. I've quietly reached out to people that I dated and I felt bad about. I wanted to apologize to people that, you know, there's sometimes I've just, I'll think of something and I'm just like, man, I really used that person. Like I, all I did was drink with them and this person, you know, had feelings for me and, and I didn't do it on purpose. I just, you know, I had a sickness. But this person, you know, really felt for me and had feelings and they felt there was potential there. And for me, it was really nothing more than I just needed somebody to um, to drink with. And when you did have feelings for me, I was that's when I was going to, quote unquote, dump you and find somebody else who didn't have feelings for me. But o- over the years, when I feel bad about things, I do reach out. And, um, and there's a couple people that I've tried to reach out to that I don't think they want to talk to me. And that makes me feel bad. And I don't think they they dislike me. I think they just, uh, I guess, you know, I can't speak from a a woman's point of view, but um, of course, of course, they get over you. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to that person. But for me, I feel bad about a couple people who I think really had my best interest and I took advantage of them and I feel sorry for it and I feel bad for it. And so I'm just saying out loud that I'm apologizing um, for anyone that I took advantage of. And I guess I'm just saying this to the universe. And I'm even saying this to maybe women out there who need to hear it just from a man, you know, because um, there's a lot of men who act selfishly, prematurely. Some of these people are in their disease. They're in their addiction. Some people, that's just who they are. Some people are just not good people. I've always been, I think, a good person with good integrity and uh a lot of great things but there was a point in my life for several years many years I guess about 10 years where I was just in a deep addiction so I'm grateful now that you know that I have my family and I'm grateful that I have my awesome health and we have great kids and I I I firmly pat myself on the back because in the beginning it was not easy getting sober is not easy anybody out there who's trying I mean I keep 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 up the fight you know one day at a time it can be tough you have to have your willpower so strong that by any means necessary and I've said it before and I'll say it again focus on three things people places things who are the people you're hanging out with are they supporting what you're doing your new life if they're not get rid of them where are the places you're going are the places you're going are, are, are they supporting your new life? If not, stop going to them and find places that are supportive. And what are the things you're doing? What are the things and the activities that you're doing? Are the things that you're doing aligning yourself with the person that you want to become, the person that you admire, the sober person? And if not, find different things to do. People, places, things. If people can just focus on those three things, which is a... Um, uh, which is one of the sayings in Alcoholics Anonymous, which I really love. One thing about AA that I really love is they have these little sayings and they're all summed up in like one sentence or like a couple words and it's really beautiful because like it's a very blunt thing and it's like people, places, things was just like the thing early on that I really grasped. It's like I just need to focus on the people I'm hanging out with, the places I'm going and the things I'm doing. And for anyone out there, uh, maybe people out there are extremely healthy and they're happy, which I think listening to this, you will rejoice in our happiness, my happiness. But there are some people out there that might be struggling 
and this might help that person. And that's why I am sharing this. And so today is my seven year um, sober anniversary. And, and man, it's it's a uh, I call it a sober anniversary. Sober anniversary. Making up words. So I, I usually get a new coin and I'll, I'll order a new coin for my seven years. But um, it, and it's a new birthday because, you know, part of the old person still has to die. You know, part of that person doesn't come back in me, but you have thought sometimes. And like the other day we were traveling and I went to a bar because I was trying to get like a tea or something for Ami. And yeah, it was at the bar. And like this guy beside me ordered Jameson on the rocks and I smelled it. And I, just, I had to leave right away because it was like it just it brought me back and I wasn't sad. Like I kind of wanted that drink. And that's OK to admit because I was like, oh, man, I could just down that drink right there. And so I just I just said, you know what, you got to walk away. But that is a place I shouldn't have gone to. Right. People, places, things. But I'm strong enough now where I just like I walked away. But that but that was a trigger. That was a trigger. So, you know, we have to make the best choices for our lives. And I'm 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 thankful that, you know, Ami doesn't drink. I'm very I'm very grateful for that because that's such support for my life that I don't have to live in a house with alcohol. And that would be very difficult, very tempting. Um, I don't know how I would do with that. It would be very challenging, but I'm so happy that I don't have to deal with it. So, Ami, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. So um, I think, you know, that's that's what I wanted to share on this special day for myself, October 21st. So um, and if any of you out there are trying to get sober, you want to like make it important. It is special. That first day you get sober is like that's special, like, you know, screaming out loud and, and tell people and, and don't keep it a secret because when it's not a secret, that's when you're accountable. And I knew for me, the more people that knew early on, the more if I started drinking again, people would be disappointed and I would be disappointed. So I let everyone know early on, I don't drink, period. And so that made me very accountable because in the early days, it was it was difficult. And if I hadn't done some of these things I'm telling you, I, I might have gone back and I might have um, drank. But I, I did many other things as well. But, you know, if you go uh, on YouTube and you type in Justin McClure TED Talk, there's um, I, I, I recently did a TED Talk on my story. I think there's a couple other things out there that we've done. Um, but if there's any way I can help, if you have any questions, a lot of times people reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram, you know, share my content with them. If they're very serious about changing, then they will listen. And you cannot change someone who does not want to be changed. Amen to that. A lot of people, you know, my, my boyfriend, my husband's just drinking so much. I want them to change. You want them to change. That doesn't mean they want to change. You cannot want somebody to change and, they, and, they, and then and have them change. They have to want to change and then they have to do it by any means necessary without any regards and then they can change, but they have to want to do it. I think people have to apply that thought to, you know, many things in life because people sometimes think of an addiction or drinking in a different way, thinking they can help the person, but you can't make a person lose weight. You can't do it for them. You can't, you know, have somebody to... I don't know, stop uh, anything. You really, you can't physically make anybody do anything. So this is something in that same line, I guess. You can't exactly. think that you, no matter how much effort and whatever it is you put into it, you can't do it for them. If I can, you know, I can sum it up by saying, you know, we achieve little because we have undisciplined thoughts. And it's simple as that. If I want to be a good video editor, 
I need to have more discipline in, in edit videos. If I want to become sober without alcohol, I need to be disciplined and stop drinking alcohol. If I want to lose weight, I need to be more disciplined about what the food I'm putting into my body. With not being able to do this is a lack of discipline. And that's at the forefront of, of all these problems and these issues that we have with uh, addiction. But guys, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. We're glad that you're listening to Last Week in Parenting. Please give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, say hello to us on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you, wherever you want to follow us. Otherwise, we're glad you're here. And next week, we'll give you more information about Jersey's second birthday, November 21st. 20th. Oh, Jeez Louise. Well, I, I'm saying it because 21st is now, and I'm just like, 21st, 21st. <laughs> Jersey's birthday, November this 20th. This is what happens when the man doesn't give birth to the child. Mm. They can easily say <laughs> a day off on the birthday. Yeah, so, but no, Jersey's birthday, November 20th. We're super excited, and you guys have a good week, okay? Okay.